Hi, I'm Henrietta Ricks. And I'm Orla McCluskey, and we are the founders of Rixo. We started Rixo over five years ago from our university living room, and it's been such a journey since. With no outside funding or investment, we've made every decision together and still control 100% of the business. This has allowed us to keep the brand to its core values, and we've had some serious highs, lows, and a lot of laughs along the way. We decided to start the podcast so that we could take you behind the scenes and share the more intimate moments that you don't see on Instagram or read about in the press. We hope the podcast will inspire any budding entrepreneurs out there to take a first step, keep going and never look back. This podcast is sponsored by Space NK. Space NK is the go-to destination for worldwide beauty discovery, creating the world's most in-demand brands like Charlotte Tilbury, Drunk Elephant and NARS with the icons of the future. Whether you visit Space NK online or in-store, their beauty advisors are devoted to offering well-informed, unbiased beauty advice and product recommendations tailored to each and every customer. Welcome to episode two. In this episode, we're exploring inspiration and collaborations. From finding it, keeping it and turning it into collections and even how we start the partnership process. We even reminisce on some serious pinch me moments and there's been a few, including when our favourite celebrity wore Rixo. On this episode, we're really excited to be speaking to Space NK's Chief Merchandising Officer, Margaret Mitchell. For anyone that's listening to the podcast, Layla is going to be um, interviewing both Ola and I for this as we chat along. And Layla is part of our community and in the Rixo team. I've somehow been roped into this, but I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> it seems really weird that you're interviewing us. <laughs> but it'll be good. At least it's someone we know. Welcome to the Inspiration and Collaborations episode. I guess the main question, the first one that I would love to start with is, what is your main source of inspiration? <laughs> I would say everything. Um, <laughs> I think we kind of like, I mean, it's a bit hard at the minute because you don't really get to go on vintage first and stuff, but like we've always just been really inspired by like vintage or like print could literally be a painting on a wall. Um, but I think travel is a big one, like different cultures. I think even cultures just, is a big one, isn't it? Yeah, like, cultures definitely. Even just when you're like traveling and you see like tiles on the floor or just color combinations, like I think you're either just constantly looking for things or not, like you never really turn off do you really you're obviously always like loving things and seeing things um and like all I said like prior prior to COVID like traveling vintage fairs vintage markets even charity shops like you see gorgeous old stuff and you're like oh look at this and then all around I'll get so excited about things so I think it's just like how you I think like why probably Rick's are such a strong DNA is almost like taking something that you get an idea but you interpret it in a way and you can see how you can change something to take on a completely different lease of life. Like one of the prints, which was the main one from the new collection coming out of the aerial was actually from like, it was like a 1950s wallpaper banner that went at the top of the wall and it was like this random tear and it looked completely different, but I could just see how it could change into something different. So it was like the starting process of like painting certain elements and that almost was like probably the most important piece of like inspiration from that collection, which is so random, but it's like you, don't really know what you're going to discover until you start just like sourcing and looking is there a particular time of day that inspiration comes to you it's usually at night time at night time I think because like we're running the business so much during the day it's usually like night or when you get like moments where there's not like 10 things needing done at one time so I think and probably like weekends as well yeah. if you're at like vintage fairs or off time it's like yeah. off time which yeah. isn't really off time but it's like <laughs> gives you that little extra magic of Rixel but it's 
it's that time, I think, when you're not dealing with the day-to-day of a business. This might sound like an obvious question, obviously, to both of you, but a lot of people say to me, who designs the prints? Like, where do they come from? Or it would be great to hear from you. Well, in COVID, it was in the back garden of an Airbnb. I was in, I was literally in this like basement flat over over summer, and the whole the next collection literally was done in the garden. Um, but now we've got a little paint room, so we can like put the mess, hide the mess away. Yeah, the paints were always out in the old <laughs> living. In our uni house, it was literally paints everywhere. Um, and I think as the business grew, so obviously like Ola now is like in control of the design design team um, and does all the prints and has done for a long time. And then it's just like. It's just how the how it's evolved, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think like when when you paint an element of a print and how then it's composed and put together, it can look so different. Like there's so many different combinations and things that you can do. Um, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the like hard skills at the start to learn was the Photoshop side. So <laughs> we used to always get my twin sister to help me and Henrietta like compose the prints because we didn't know how to use Photoshop. And then she was like, I actually have a job. You have to actually just like learn this yourself because I don't have the time anymore. So the first print I think oh. we ever did, and it's probably the most emotional print um, when we first the started, was our Virtues of Rosemary print. And we just went, I think, was it the British Library? or It was, yeah. It's the British, it British Library. Library. And there were all these gorgeous like old medieval, like I think there were cooking books and it had old roots and herbs and everything. And we went home we painted all these elements and then we were like okay how do we make this a print so we just painted them all didn't we watercolor first and then we went to Orla's twin sister Gemma's because she had like two big screens she's an architect she had two big screens photoshop and everything so she helped us scan them all in she was like at my office I've got a great high resolution scanner so we were like right so after she'd finished work we'd drive into drive to her office scan them all in (laughs) and then that was our first ever print so that's probably like the most emotional print for us um just going yeah. through that process at the start. I was going to ask, what has been the most memorable print um, to both of you and for what reason? Well, th- that print that you're sitting on right now has become one as well. Literally, that Paris Geo is like... For listeners listening, we've basically got one of our prints that's our packaging oh, print. It's like a multicoloured... Um, <laughs> Multicolored print, but Layla's sat on it on the sofa here in the office. That's obviously our packaging and everything now, but the virtual rosemaries are definitely like... That's like our first ever print that's our first ever one so that's just such sentimental value um i think each one's got their own one um i think like that reminds me of our branding now in terms of like our branding like i just feel like oh that's like the colors of the sign and i think like each one has their own like little special but i mean every cost it's really nice because every customer has their own Favourite. favorite print um and there's definitely groups that customers will have things that are their favourite I mean I think in the new collection hen there's some of the aerial stuff that we like love like the checkerboard oh. with like the like I think like there's some that's like oh, I think that's my favourite print like I just love the print but um there's some that are just so emotional and you're like oh my god and it's just like get me that and you're like mm-hmm. and we always say to each other we're always like imagine if like we weren't Rixo and then we saw that coming out we were like oh my god we'd be bankrupt because <laughs> we just get so excited about the print and the product so when you're thinking about prints are you thinking about what people are going to like for that specific season or are you just using your inspiration to say this is going to look gorgeous I think like if you take the aerial which is coming out in March well it's kind of even out at the minute like that's under the scene aerial like very shell under the sea so I think that coming out Christmas would be a bit untimely but so there is at times collections that are a bit more focused on like season so I think then when you get into photoshop and you start like playing around with like colors or the fabrication there's like loads of elements that kind of like make a print come to life 
What has been your most memorable pinching moment when a celebrity has worn one of the prints that you've had so much emotional attachment to and, you know... I think it's probably when we were both just starting out the brand and we were both so naive to even getting the brand out there and people wearing it. Um, And that excitement doesn't go away, but we met a stylist called Angie who's been a great friend and champion of the brand since. So we met her at the Breakfast Club in Battersea. We showed her the collection and we knew that she had... um, some clients that she was going to show the collection to and we didn't know where it would lead to um and then it ended up being literally I think two nights later Millie McIntosh wore our deep v camellia dress in our first virtues of rosemary coral print and it was all over the daily mail and the article was about Millie wearing this low v-neck dress from this new brand we just couldn't believe it it was just I don't know the smile on our faces and everything and then from that we saw sales come in more people were following us on Instagram so I think that first one is still like i literally can imagine it was like our first realization that the brand was actually like people wearing it (laughs) anyway um I think even like we obviously didn't even know the power of like Selena Gomez but on Instagram like when she wore that mixed print um rose and polka dot dress like her Instagram like went crazy um and it, it is kind of surreal to see someone wearing it but I think we actually get that a lot with even like customers and stuff as well. Like if you see someone wearing a print, like actually on Sunday, I seen someone wear one of our skirts and I was like, wanted to stop them. I think it was like stalking them or something. But it is really nice to see just like random people wearing it as well. It's funny to see how different people react to it. So you'll get different like family members or friends being like, I remember my best friend texting me being like, oh my God, Selena Gomez is wearing Rick. So how have you done this? And I'm like, I've no idea. It's just, it just happens. Either it can happen randomly through a stylist or sometimes it's just, they know the brand and they've obviously mm. bought it. So it's not something that you can really plan. Obviously you can build relationships with stylists as much as as much as you can, but sometimes it's just fate. I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you could have anyone wear Rick so in the world, I hope they're listening. <laughs> Who would it be? I mean, I think because obviously we're in London, I think Kate Middleton would be a really nice person to wear it just because I think she's, like, we personally think she seems really nice and lovely and we just think she would, like, suit the clothes so well. She'd be amazing. I just think she's just so elegant and classy. So sometimes when we're designing or looking at things or on a photo shoot, we'll be like, oh, this is such a Kate Middleton dress. So, Um, Which collection has had the biggest reaction with press? Probably quite fitting because of what we've just launched, but... Actually, Bridal has actually been one of our biggest, like, press moments. I, they just keep coming out. It's like, when's it going to stop? Lauren, our press manager, is like, such an amazing job. But it's actually, it, it's so nice because I feel like there's so much elements to, like, the design process. Like, obviously, the print's, like, a massive one. But the fit and the cut and the, like, actual design of the dress is, like, just as important, if not sometimes more important. Because um, that's what makes you feel like good in yourself when you when you wear it and I do think that it's really nice to see like it was really nervous to see like what the reaction would be to a collection where the print wasn't even like it's the first time we've ever done a collection where there's no print um so to get like such a good reaction on it and like people that are really really well respected in like fashion from like luxury you know from all the luxury brands as well it's been like a real compliment that they're actually like loving the collection I think as well it's probably such a nice positive message and I think during 
obviously the year we've been through with COVID, it's actually nice to read really lovely things and to think, do you know what, like you've not let things stop you and people have been like, oh, were you nervous about launching it during COVID? And obviously we were, but I think the reaction now, it's so nice to just, those brides are still, people are still getting engaged, people still want to get married, like that's not stopped because of COVID. So it's so nice to actually have that positive story. And even when we're doing all the the press interviews for it, like you come away from one of the interviews and you're smiling because it's just such a nice topic to talk about. I think a huge collaboration aspect of Rixo is the collaboration with press and how much, you know, the prints are in press and people wearing it. Do you find that influencers and press talking about certain items reflects hugely in the sales? It's actually so helpful that most people in press love the brand anyway. Like We don't have to push the product. And like I'm sure there's a lot of brands out there that probably find it really hard to influence like influencers and brand, but because people genuinely actually love the product... It's like a very natural collaboration. Um, so in that respect, I think we're lucky. I think as well, when it comes to press, like when we first started, Ola and I went round London on the tube in the summer with all our suit bags and we met everyone face to face. Like we would knock on all the doors um, of all the press offices and we just spent like endless weeks trying to meet people, as many people as possible, literally with our suit bags at the lift <laughs> of all the magazine offices. And it was there that they actually met Ola and I and they were like do you know what these are the two founders behind the brand it's just those two setting it up and they were willing to support us and I think they love the product as well so that really obviously it really helped when someone genuinely loves a product. I think like press as well they, they genuinely want to help when we went around like I think they really appreciated the fact that like we were like a founder-led business that didn't have investment they did actually want to help they were the ones that actually give us the most coverage helped us really grow the brand without having to kind of spend on like traditional advertising. So we were really thankful that we could set up meetings and go in person and see them. I think that was like a huge part of like our success at the start. It must be fascinating to see, you know, you drawing, getting the inspiration from a wallpaper to then sitting in your garden to then someone wearing that dress to then press talking yeah, about that dress. It is funny because um, my partner, because obviously we're like locked down, we were like at home together a lot and he sees all the dresses and I keep they keep saying it, oh, that's that little shelf like when I'd done the squiggle print he was like what what is that and I was like we two I had exactly what it was in my head so I knew what it was but then there were some other prints where like you you do the drawing and you do the painting but when you bring it into like photoshop and you start playing around with it it comes like a completely different idea to what you'd originally thought like there's the shell one that's all there's there's a print in front of us right now and it's got loads of shells and starfish but I didn't imagine it like that when I was painting it but then it turned out different so it is funny when you see the process and you actually see someone wearing it it's surreal it's a little bit surreal um who do you choose to collaborate with influence wise and how does that come about how does the process start it's really such an organic process, like hand on heart, in all honesty, when we first started. So we've done two influencer collaborations, one with Laura Jackson um, in the UK and then one with Sabina um, Sakal in Paris. And they were just really organic. Like we'd become like mutual friends and followers on Instagram. And then we literally met Laura for coffee and we just clicked straight away. And then similar with Sabina, we met her in Paris. She came over to our showroom. She loved the product. And it was just very organic, wasn't it? And we built it from there. And we were like, actually, it could be really cool to do something and just show Rixo in a different light and working with them. Yeah, I think like it's nice. Like we try and use the collaboration as well to kind of like show that we're not a one-dimensional brand so you know it could be around size it could be around a certain country it could be a little bit different of like a more specific aesthetic because I think there's so much that goes on 
with Rixo in terms of the print it is nice to draw in on little stories at times of things that like we're interested as a brand behind the scenes um, also as well something that we think our customers would love like we'd love to introduce our customers to like Laura because we think she's got great style and she's a really cool girl here that we've obviously we think is very like Rixo and great and then Sabina as well like maybe a lot of our followers didn't know Sabina before we did it and we thought she's got great style we can do something a bit different so something that we feel like our community and our customers would love I think is key and like Ola said we we do get approached but it's just got to feel right so really in our probably five six years We've not done many, so it's got to feel special. Are there any collaborations that you've got coming up that you can give the listeners a sneak peek to? Um, exciting things for people to look out for this year? Yeah, we've actually been working on one for, it's been well over a year now, isn't it? It's a year been, and a half, I yeah. think. Um, and I mean, it's been such a like heavy involvement. Like, It's been great to work as a small brand with like a bigger company, kind of like really learn from them. Um, one of the key things for us was we really wanted to kind of partner with someone that was like more inclusive in size and like just for us even to learn the process of that, how that's all the size in the green and like the more technical stuff behind it. So like that's been like a really great process that we've kind of specifically wanted to be involved in um, and was one of our main reasons for doing it. Yeah, so um, we can't, it's frustration that we can't release exactly right now who it's with, but to... Um two quick I don't know sneak peeks I'd say is that it's very inclusive when it comes to sizing and then it's also um it's going to be very big in America um so yeah. they're two sneak peeks and stay tuned and um, we'll be able to launch it in May so we're we're really excited to share it with everyone yeah so that's that's a big thing that we've been like I mean everything's like been really hard over COVID usually we would be out in America probably helping on things but we just literally had so many zoom calls loads of fit sessions here in the office i think the fit was a massive part of it um after the whole like print design process there's obviously four of us internally that would be on the zoom calls from rickso but then in america there'd be like 26 in the team it was massive wasn't <laughs> it Everyone teams zooming in from like stuff, but all different areas it was so good to see like we've never had that size of collaboration before where it's just like really professional like so much learnings and really streamlined great for us. yeah really good for us as a small brand to kind of like learn from so that was a great process and then we're really excited to launch sustainable swimwear um this summer so we'll be launching that and alongside that we've got a collaboration with a brand so um we're kind of on with the design and the development at the moment which is so exciting we think it's going to be something that everyone like laps up um and it'll be the perfect partnership to um to launch our sustainable swimwear so we're really excited for that i feel like i'm excited even though i know what they are i've become <laughs> really, really excited for them um kind of similar to a question before but it's always an interesting one if there was a dream collaboration out there what like what sort of things are you looking to do over the next two years collaboration wise i think like one of the main things with like the brand that we really want to kind of get across we've always wanted to do it from day one but i think it's like a bigger part of a brand now is like how does the customer like style and make the item work harder in the wardrobe so I think something around like shoes like probably trainers would be one because we personally every all the girls in the office wear their dresses and they always put trainers on with it and I think it's become such a staple in people's wardrobes now that I think we'd love to show 
our customer like how to wear it in certain ways so I think tra- I think trainers would be trainers great would trainers, be the dream yeah. just because you can imagine like so many like even just colour combinations on a really cool pair of trainers and like all of us saying like when you look at our Instagram or street style it's not just like a London thing it's kind of a global thing that people are now wearing trainers with their dresses and it's something that would never have happened maybe five years ago when we first launched the brand but it's such a staple in people's wardrobe now so we'd love Rexo to become more lifestyle and we feel like doing a trainer collaboration would be a perfect way to kind of introduce that well thanks so much for all the sneak peeks i feel like there's so much for everyone to get excited for and watch this space next up we've got margaret from space nk Margaret is responsible for creating Space and K's beauty offering. Over the past four and a half years, she has been instrumental in bringing in-demand beauty brands on board, including Charlotte Tilbury and Drunk Elephant. So hi, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're delighted to have you on the podcast, um, all about inspiration and collaborations that I know our listeners will be really excited to hear about. So how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a huge Rixo fan, so it's so much fun to be here surrounded by all your beautiful patterns and prints. Aww. There's literally hundreds of prints in this room. For all the listeners that are listening in, to give a bit of context, we're sat in um, the fit room in the office, at the Rixo office, and we've got rails of clothes. Um, on Instagram, you'll probably see some sneak peek behind the scenes. We'll put some pictures up. Um, so should we deep dive into um, how partnerships start with Space NK um, and how you you kind of what's the first starting point offer when you're kind of collaborating with someone new sure there's there's a lot of different ways that we find brands uh there's on the one hand brands that we go out and scout uh we really love discovering new brands up and coming brands especially brands that are started by really interesting founders our customer loves a founder story and understanding What's the magic behind the brand? What's the secret sauce? So we really love to meet amazing founders from sort of all walks of life who have inspiration behind their brand. At the same time, our customers tell us what they want. So they're always... We get that too. (laughs) Yeah. So they're always requesting brands, asking us for things, saying to us, you know, we want you to stock this. We want you to stock this. So we also listen to what the customer is telling us and go out and try and get them the brands that they're desperate to get their hands on. So there's a bit of a mix between the scouting and the hunting and then doing what the customer wants. Where do you do most of the, like, listening to your customer at? Different places. I mean, mm-hmm. stores, for sure, when they're open. Yeah. And uh, we love to listen to our store teams and our store managers because they are the front line. And so they know what the customer is desperate for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram and social media, for sure. Customers will always say, when are you going to stock this? When are you going to stock this? They're DMing our social media team all the time. Uh, and also searches on our website is really helpful. So we can see week in, week out what brands people are coming onto Space and K searching for. So we've got lots of different data points um, that we use to to identify, okay, these are the things that our customer is desperate for. And how many brands do you currently have on Space NK? We have about 130 brands today. Uh, so we, you know, it's a pretty curated assortment in terms of the the total number of brands that we have. And we also within that will edit some of the ranges. We don't necessarily carry every single product from a brand, but we really want the best, absolute best that's out there in the beauty market. Uh, so we're pretty picky. 
you do do a great job at like editing down what the customer wants. We had one that was near us actually in um, Parsons Green. Yeah. It was very dangerous. It was on the walk home from work. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like they've definitely captured their audience here <laughs> straight in. Oh, that's such a lovely store. How do you decide then if you were to get on like a new brand, like a young brand, whether they're to go in store, online? How does that process work? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a uh, it it's very brand dependent and it will very much be about, you know, having a conversation with the brand once we've tested the product and we go through a pretty rigorous testing process to really understand the product, the product efficacy, and also there's always a je ne sais quoi about a brand. So even if the product is amazing, there has to be that extra element of sort of something special. Once we've gone through that, it will very much be a conversation with the brand about their readiness to, you know, be able to be in stores because there's a big inventory investment from both sides. Uh, there's a big training investment from both sides. So it it's definitely brand specific. We generally will like to start a brand in a few stores and online because having the bricks and mortar just tactile experience makes quite a big difference for a brand. Obviously, things are different right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> uh, and we can't wait to get stores open again and get uh, all of the exciting new products out into stores. Um, but yeah, so we we generally like to have at least a few stores in the mix so that a, a brand can get a a real feel for what the customer is saying about it. And do you still feel like, because obviously I know there's probably a lot of talk at the moment about the high street stead and like physical retail doesn't have a place. Obviously for beauty, it might be pretty different. But I mean, we feel really strongly that seeing our customer in person in the shops is just so important to Rick's and it's a vital part of what we want to build our strategy going forward. Is that similar to Space NK? 100%. I, I don't think retail is dead. Uh, you know, I... If you are a retailer that isn't offering anything particularly unique and isn't offering something that uh, sort of a reason to come into store, then I can understand why retail is harder and bricks and mortar stores are harder because you're not generating the foot traffic. It's too general to say it's dead. I think it's like there's a change, but it's to generalize it as dead. I don't think I agree. And I think especially after the year that we've had, people are going to want human-to-human interaction, 100%. conversations, and just there's no, there's just nothing like being able to go in, whether it's into one of your stores and seeing your beautiful prints and or into one of our stores and touching and feeling product and swiping lipsticks on your hand. Like, yeah. There's nothing like that when it's online. It's so transactional. really suits just being in store. Like It's so true. It, like, there's just nothing the same. And that feeling of also walking out with a really beautiful bag and being really excited to take it home. There's just there's something about going shopping that it's just not the same online, getting a brown cardboard box delivered to your house. I agree. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a necessity if you've got no time, but <laughs> it's definitely not what you'd prefer. It's not how that we're both quite like in-person store shoppers. I've been forced to shop online because of COVID. Before that, I just never even shopped online. One of the other things for me is I love getting my makeup done. Like, I like doing my own makeup. But for me, having a makeup artist do my makeup in store, there's just... A luxury. It's a real treat. It's a luxury. (laughs) It's a treat. And there's 
I'm just never going to be able to do what they can do. And mm-hmm. there's no feeling as good as that. So I can't wait to get into store again and just have someone mm-hmm. give me a proper smoky eye and a proper bold yeah. lip that actually looks good. Get the experts on you. It's yeah. the same. It is very similar, though. It's having that expert opinion, someone that knows either if it's the, the dresses inside out and what will suit different shapes or vice versa with Space NK, the, the products. Have there been any, it could be through COVID, but it'd be really interesting to know um, what are the key standout products or any real success stories that Space NK you feel have got? It's been really interesting seeing what people are buying differently from before COVID. We've definitely seen makeup drop off a bit, so people aren't wearing as much makeup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But they're they're wearing they're using a lot more skincare, so we're seeing a huge uptick in skincare. And we already had quite a big skincare category; it was already our number one category. But people are just going nuts for new skincare, more serious skincare, acids, retinols, vitamin C. It's just gone through the roof. They're probably looking at themselves every day on Zoom. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I need the, I need the camera off today. <laughs> exactly. And there's something about, I guess, that self-care regime at the end of the day. Just a little pick-me-up of doing a face mask. Uh, so we're definitely seeing skincare. I mean, some of the things that have been, like I say, off the charts. Drunk Elephant launched a product called Baby Facial. Uh, So it's been in the U.S. for a while, and it's a cult favorite hero product. And it finally was able, from a compliance perspective, to be able to launch in the U.K. So we launched that in January, and it has been insane. I've seen it all over the press. Does it give you a baby face? (laughs) It does. It is amazing. I need to sign me up. Both Mother and I were like, woo! It is so good. It's very strong. Mm-hmm. So it's 25% acid. Uh, but it is, so you can definitely feel it. So if you're just getting used to it, just don't leave it on for too long and rinse it off pretty quickly and you'll mm-hmm. still get results. But it is an amazing product. I would definitely recommend it. And would you say there's any, like, what would be your top three tips if someone says, right, okay, there's so many ingredients, there's retinol, there's acid, there's SPF. What are, do you think are the like the key things that you think someone should look for when they're looking for their skincare Then you purchase? I would say, number one, for me personally, the thing that has made a huge difference in my skin is double cleansing. So so that's the first thing, because your first cleanse really just gets dirt and makeup off. Mm -hmm. And then the second cleanse really gets a lot deeper to exfoliate and get to your newer skin, if you will. And do you use the same cleanser for that process? I generally would use two. I might use one exfoliating, one cream, or one gel. Um, These are cool tips for me. (laughs) 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 I'm like, oh, right, okay, and then next. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's on one night and then you get... I was trying to get you right. I was like, you're loving it too. I'm just asking the question. I know I was going, keep going, keep going. (laughs) Definitely love a double cleanse. I love a flannel or a muslin cloth to just really get stuff off. I would say definitely some acid for everyone. I always recommend, which, you know, sounds crazy, but love some acid. sensitive skin though. (laughs) I can't do it. I did it once and came up like a, I must have thought, oh, I'm going to dose myself with this acid. I think I just put far too much on for the month after. I was just, coming out with that it was just awful there's a lot of gentle acids um very low acid and so you can start low dose acid (laughs) Um, until i get hooked yeah exactly so the ren uh ready steady glow is a really light tonic that you can use that is a for me that's a really nice just daily 
gentle easing into an acid if you're just getting into it. But for a chemical exfoliation, uh, that one is very easy to use. And I think chemical exfoliation is very crucial if you want to get a glow. So I would definitely recommend a bit of a bit of acid and then moisture, 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 moisture for me. Like I just, I can't get enough face oil, moisturizer. Like I am the same. Just layer on hyaluronic acid, just layer on me. So those would be my sort of three things I would say that for me at least I can't live without. So what actually, what would you say makes the partnership successful with the brand? Is it training is it is it the product what is it a mix of things it's definitely a mix and it definitely the behind the scenes quality of the partnership really comes to life for the customer so you know we have to have a really good working relationship where we're always looking at our plans and finding ways to bring the brand to life through marketing through digital content through training for the store teams uh, through eventing when we can. So it's really about having lots of different touch points for a brand to be able to engage with our consumer. I think that's really interesting because we have something we call the octopus arms, where it's like it's never always one thing that necessarily makes something do well. It's like making sure you tick off all the key important bits. I love the octopus arms. Yeah, so it's like the octopus <laughs> arms. It's we really need that cool. up like off the cuff one day. Yeah, but it's exactly <laughs> that, which is it's not looking. one thing. I love it. It's exactly it's, it's basically yeah, because you can forget yeah. like you can talk about something being amazing, but then you forget about the bits that got missed. And one thing can just let it down. Say if you didn't have the press or you didn't have a certain element or I think it's gotta be everything. So the product, the price point, the way you market it, um definitely I think. I think it when is. you do that as well, I think like both partners in the partnership get excited more about it because you feel like there's such a buzz even with yourself and like the other like I do find that when we have the team kind of involved in like a real partnership like it just creates a real buzz because everything just keeps getting added on then you just feel the excitement when you feel that before it launches usually that is the best launch absolutely and I think there's also the piece which is there's the sort of above the line really big marketing or press statements that you make, but then there's the conversation with the customer as well and more of the grassroots marketing for us sampling, Mm -hmm. how you get the product into the customer's hand. And that's really where a lot of the training pieces or the in-store pieces or the, like I say, the online sampling we do as well. We have to have those big picture and then grassroots pieces to really make it successful and um, really making sure we're talking to the customer and engaging her along the way is one of the number one keys to success. I think as well it being genuine to the brand as well, to something that you actually internally really believe in. Because I think there's so many like partnerships that you can do or collaborations and you've really got to cherry pick, okay, what actually feels right, whether it's Rixo or Space NK. So I think Minora always kind of, it's nice to have someone that's kind of like, right, okay, does that feel feel right? And is it something that we think our customer is going to resonate with? For sure. I And that's where, for me, founders and founders telling their story is really important part of the partnership and of a building a brand is making sure that there's something authentic behind the brand. It's not just a product on a shelf, but there's someone who's poured their heart and soul into this yeah. bottle uh, and, you know, into every single part of the product. And, and being able to share that story is actually one of the things that I love about my job the most. I mean, I've met some of the most amazing women that and men, but some of the most amazing women that have created brands and they just have so much passion and excitement. And I'm sure, you know, you guys are the same with your brand. But it's just, um, 
it's just amazing to be able to find these founders and tell their stories. And that's really what we love to do at Space and K. I don't actually know this, but who, how did Space and K start? Like, who are the founders behind, or the founder behind? So there was a woman named Nikki Kennard. Uh, and so that's where the NK comes from. Oh, but like so, us. <laughs> so she uh, started the brand in 1993 when Covent Garden was being redeveloped. Uh, she was a commercial, in commercial real estate originally. Mm-hmm. And so she got a space in Covent Garden and turned it into basically this emporium of just brands and products from around the world that she discovered. And she turned out to have this amazing skill for curation. And Space and K became the place where brands came for their first international expansion. So brands like NARS, Kiehl's, Ren, By Terry, Laura Mercier, all these brands started with Space and K uh, in amazing terms of their first place that they launched outside of the U.S. or even their first place they launched in general. So, yeah, she was an amazing curator of brands and discoverer of brands. And that's that's our heritage. I think there's a really good curation. And it's having trust, I think, as a consumer to be like, right, okay, I'm going to go there and I know I'm going to be able to find something where an expert can help me or I feel like they've done all the hard work and I just know to cherry pick what kind of fits into my routine. For sure. It can be very overwhelming. Even I get overwhelmed by all of the options uh, and all of the brands that are out there. I mean, we probably get around two to 3,000 new brand inquiries a year. Wow. So, you know, when we whittle down to our 130, it takes quite a lot to make sure that we're finding the best that's out there. But um, yeah, it can definitely be overwhelming. So we really do you know, take pride in our curation and then that expertise in store that's really unbiased for someone to help you find like the perfect thing for what you need. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like acid, we'll find you something else. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I just need to retry my acid <laughs> program into, into my skincare. Margaret's skin looks unreal. So I'm going to be taking all those tips <laughs> and hoping that my skin looks like that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm actually, because I'm also very pregnant. Um, so I can't use retinol right now. So I'm using Bacuchiol is my, it's the retinol alternative for pregnant women. So for Sounds anyone. A <laughs> and also for any pregnant women um, listening, and I'm sure we've got lots, um, have you got any top tips for them during the skincare process or what you've learned about your skincare during pregnancy? Definitely hydration because the baby takes all of the water. So <laughs> lots of hydration. And then yeah, Bacuchiol is my top tip. So if you can't use retinol, it's a great retinol alternative, and I'm loving it. So yeah, and eye cream because I don't sleep anymore. Yeah, <laughs> probably gonna have to use that for a couple more months after. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So obviously, um, drunk elephants a bit of a craze at the moment, and the buzz product to be using. Can you tell us about how you started off the journey um, with drunk elephant and how you incorporated them into your mix at Space and K? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Drunk Elephant is just this incredible phenomenon of a brand. It's actually still very new. Started by a woman named Tiffany Masterson. Uh, And again, you know, that founder story, having sort of a brilliant brain and inspiration behind the brand. uh, She herself started the brand because she had really sensitive skin and couldn't find anything that was suitable for her skin type. And she just went down this path of building a range that was free from anything that would irritate and only having really 
pretty potent formulas, but very effective and and non-irritant products. And so she started the brand and it was this huge success in the U.S., but it wasn't really available outside of the U.S. And when I started at Space and K, it felt like it was just the perfect brand for us. Like it was skincare. It was in, which is, you know, our sweet spot. And it was this hot brand that was super cult on social media, hadn't made its way to the UK yet. So started a conversation with the brand, took a couple years to get it over the line. Um, But we launched it in October 2018. And it has just gone from strength to strength uh, here in the UK, in terms of people finding the brand, finding the products, falling in love with them, coming back time and time again to uh, replenish. So the Proteiny moisturizer is one of our bestseller um, moisturizers. It's loaded with peptides and is pretty universal product, so anyone can use it. Uh, the C Firma vitamin C serum is, again, a crowd pleaser. Vitamin C is actually the number one search term on our website. It's interesting to know. So people... You're going to get me and Henry and I literally giggle everything. I know, I'm going to be like a drunk elephant <laughs> researching everything. Be like, I mean, it's a, it's a great drag. product. I love I love C Firma. Uh, and it is actually orange, so it's quite fun. You're like, okay, I feel like I'm sort of putting orange juice on my face, which is what vitamin C should feel like. So it's um, it's a great product. And then I was talking about baby facial earlier, which has just been a stunking success. So yeah, it's it's a fascinating brand, again, with a really brilliant founder behind it. And the packaging is fun. The products are amazing, the ingredients, and it just works. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear, I think, as well, to say that you obviously started this years ago before the actual customer sees it. And it's similar with anything we do at Rick. So like the internal process happens almost years before you actually launch it to the customer. So, I mean, it's it's exciting to know that, you know, um, lots yeah, of things are going be behind. You've got to be so f- like ahead of what you think's right. And then the person sees it and then you've been like, oh, yeah, we've worked with that two years ago. <laughs> so yeah. Even with Bridal, we've just launched Bridal recently and it's the same kind of thing. Like We've just both recently got engaged. But everyone's like, oh, did you just do Bridal because you got engaged? I'm like, no, <laughs> this was a two, like over new to two years in the making. Um, but it's just, it's... I suppose it's probably what the customer doesn't see, like how much goes into the background of it all. How much blood, sweat, tears and love goes into building building a range, a a product, all of it. So, yeah, for sure. It takes quite a long time. I've been with Space and K four and a half years and there's plenty of things that are just now coming to fruition that have been a labor of love for that Mm. time. So. Well, Margaret, thank you so much. I mean, it's been really interesting to listen, even just Ola and I listening to everything. So I'm sure our listeners I think it was will just find it great. We <laughs> <laughs> hope no, everyone else has enjoyed it. We've loved it. But thank skin, you so much. Yeah, skincare is such a thing that people are just so interested in now. So yeah, thank you, you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's so much fun to be here with you guys. And like I said, I'm such a huge fan of what you've built as well. So oh, thank you. Uh, you know, very impressed by your brand. I, I have. So many Rexo dresses. I can't Aww. wait to get into again plus baby. <laughs> Do you know if you're having a girl or a boy? I'm having a girl. Oh, oh they can be in Rexo dresses. Baby Rexo. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back into my Rexo dresses. But, yeah, you guys have done such an amazing job. Oh, thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. So thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Ola and I. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear more. 
This podcast is produced by Ampix.uk and music produced by LarkRiseMusic.com. Music.com.